Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acre. Our guest today is a huge number one yeah. ranked uh, agent and local ranked, well, team leader really now. Number mm-hmm. one team in Pennsylvania, Delaware, number 49th yep. in the nation. Yeah, I've been following Tom for a while now. Yep. And the reason why he's local, I've always known of him. But the reason why I started following him is because of a ton of the podcasts that I listen to especially in the real estate world, kept talking about this guy. Oh, yeah. And it's like, this guy's a stud. They used him as examples, all that stuff. I was like, okay, I got, I got to check this guy out. And trust me, you will not be disappointed Absolutely. to follow him as well as this episode. Yeah, we go through uh, content. We go through video content. We go through lead generation. We go through lead conversion. A lot of golden nuggets and really, really solid advice yes. from a leader in this space on today's episode. But before we bring Tom on, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're not already subscribed, And while you're there, drop us a review along with a comment to let us know how we're doing. Now let's get into this week's interview. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Our guest today is Tom Toole. Tom leads the number one ranked team in Pennsylvania and Delaware and is ranked 49th team in the United States for all real estate teams within REMAX International. Tom shares sales techniques and building business practices as a sought-after speaker at conferences throughout the U.S., including the Tom Ferry Success Summit, Boomtown Unite, TF Sales Edge, and Impact Agent University. In in addition to his real estate accolades, he also co-hosts Tool Time, a weekly show about local news and real estate-specific topics. Tom, Thanks so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Uh, honored to be here for sure. Yeah, man, it's awesome. I'm super excited for this show. I was telling Ariel and Josh beforehand, I was like, this guy's a, a beast. And I said, there's so many different avenues, guys, we can take this show because he's a master on the phones. He's doing content marketing really, really well. He's built out a whole team. So I'm excited for this episode. But Tom, if you could just take maybe just a couple minutes and just share your backstory of how did you get into real estate? How did you end up being a number one team? Just kind of bring us up to today for those who don't know you. Yeah, so that, that that's a really interesting question because I got licensed when I was nineteen, so and I was still in college, and I was a bit like a finance and accounting major. And then I came home one summer, sold a couple houses, and I, I thought to myself, "Wow, I don't want to be doing journal entries the rest of my life. This is way more exciting." And you know, really, because you get to help people and, and and make an impact on their lives a lot differently than you do in the corporate world, and you don't have to deal with like all that corporate political hierarchy. It's merit-based. You, you, know, you, you get rewarded for your production. So that, that really appealed to me. And then I started selling real estate full-time uh, right after I got out of school. Lived in my parents' basement for a year. That was a little rough. It got me motivated to get out. Uh, and you know, really what, what I learned to do was pick up the phone and have conversations with people about real estate, which in 2021, there's not a lot of agents that talk about, hey, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm interested in picking up the phone and having conversations. It's about mm. social media and you know, I'm going to run these different ads and I'm going to get a lot of internet inbound leads and, and all these different things, which, which work and we do. So I don't want to say that that's wrong. Ultimately, people want to hear the sound of your voice and they want to be able to connect with the person. And when you make it about the person instead of the property, that can go a long way, especially when you know, we're, we're geographically not that far from each other on this podcast, but we're on a Zoom call. There, there's not that physical interaction that's it's kind of gone away over the past 19, 20 months, especially in Pennsylvania. So you know, that, that's something that I've always kind of stuck to when it's, it's 
done well for us. Now we're trying to transfer that skill to everyone on our team. Uh, you know, we, we started scaling our team back about eight, nine years ago, uh, affiliated with, with a real estate coach, Tom Ferry, and that, that that's dramatically helped. And this year we're going to close around 500 sales. We did 355 Ooh. last year. So we're getting there and, and there's a lot of room to grow. And, and more importantly, it's you know, now, now you got to run it like a business, which is totally different than me and an individual agent. So there, there's so much we could talk about here, but that that's, that's the, 500 foot view like you asked for. I, I want to make sure I heard that right. So last year you did 255. Uh, 355. Oh, 355. Okay, 355. And, but this year you're on track to do around 500. Yeah, we've got, I think, 315 or 316 pending year to date. Uh, oh my settled gosh. through August. So we're getting there. I mean, uh, you know, the, the big challenge though, and this is not something a lot of team leaders talk about, is that I've had to now step out of production. So, mm. you know, when you're doing 90 deals a year on your own, it's easy to put up big numbers. And I did that for about 10 years straight. Now that I've backed out of that, I mean, it's really about having great systems, having a great process, having great training. So the way I use a script can be the same way that our 23 team members use a script. And that, that's where, you know, I've had to shift my, my perspective, my focus. And at the same time, I think that's why we're also trending a lot higher because, you know, if you can transfer that skill and you can, teach someone how to fish, right? The old saying, then it's, it, it really, really goes a long way. That's awesome. So you talk about systems processes, sort of being able to scale that. All of that starts with the leads, right? You brought up the idea of picking up the phone. Is that where the majority of your leads are coming from? How else are you guys generating leads for you and your 23 agents? Yes. So, I mean, we're doing the same stuff a lot of major teams are doing. Um, we've, you know, we've got a lot of inbound internet leads that come in. Uh, our sphere is still our number one lead source, which I'm really proud of because especially in today's world, there's so much tech disruption going on. Everyone's trying to get a yep. piece of, of the real estate commission uh, pie. So if you're not working your own leads and building your sphere, that's a misstep. I mean, you know, today's world is just... It's it's very different than when I got started. And also really similar because when I started, all I was doing was like sphere deals and like circle calls. And now that's become like the thing to do because there's all these internet portals that are out there trying to grab you know a third of the commission or a quarter of the commission. But if you can work your network in your sphere, and you know, my network's a lot different than it was when I started, you know that that those calls are easy to make. It's a human connection, and you know it's really about the the person. And when you build that kind of local brand, which is what we're focused on now, it, it goes a long way. So uh, I mean, I think it's to answer your question, it's the skill of being able to convert a lead, not just have the lead. Every, and you can get leads anywhere. It's cheap to get leads. If you don't mm. have the skills to convert them, it doesn't make a difference. Oh, man, that's so good. I love that. It was so funny. I was literally coaching our client success team today, which does a lot of our coaching for our marketing products. And we have a lot of real estate agents. And I had just listened, speaking of Tom Ferry, because you mentioned him on the show too, is um, he interviewed Seth Godin. And I was listening yeah. to that interview this morning on my way into work. And, and again, it comes back to this whole idea of kind of what you're driving home, which is, man, if you don't aren't building that, what, whatever you want to call it, the relationship, the brand, with that database, I think Seth Godin used the word your local mayor type idea. But if you mm -hmm. don't have that type of presence with your database, in the end, you're going to lose. And ultimately, it's because of what you're saying, because you're not going to beat out the Zillows of the world, the you know, Realtor.coms, the Redfins with the money they can spend. But where you can beat them is in the relationship. You can beat them in that true actual connection. So talk to us a little bit about the conversion, because I agree with you. There's tons of ways to get leads, whether it's Facebook, it's through mailings, geographic farming, all that stuff. How do you teach your agents to convert? And let's start with like an uh, internet lead. Like an internet lead comes in. What are you guys trying to do to convert that lead into an actual client? 
So, so the first thing is call them quickly. Speed to lead is real. I mean, ideally you get them like on the phone while their device is in their hand. Like that's, that would be the ideal scenario. Like they hit the buttons, they get more info and the phone rings and they pick up like that. That's what every team should be going for or every real estate agent easier said than done. Uh, but call them quickly. Number one, and then use a script. I, this is where a lot of people make the mistake where they think I, I don't want to use a script. I don't want to sound scripted. Well, guess what? The best people out there, the, you know, the, the, the presidents in the past, they use scripts um, and not, not to get political, but they have a script. They read off a teleprompter, yep. right? Oscar winning actors, they use scripts, right? The biggest CEOs out there, when they have their big keynote, like they used to at Apple with Steve Jobs, that is rehearsed and scripted. So people got to get that out of their head. So use the script. I mean, that's the first thing we do when we onboard people is we give them a script book and mm. we get them script certified and they have to role play the script with our sales manager and use the right inflection, make sure they're downswinging at the end of sentences, the body language that's there. So using the script is really important. And also, you know, making sure you're asking the right questions, not trying to talk someone into using you. And that's the mistake a lot of salespeople make. They talk too much and they think they're going to use some slick objection handler and get them to convert. It's no, find out what their motivation is. What are their goals? What's going to be important to them? I mean, things like LP mama. I mean, that stuff works for an internet lead. Cause then, you know, where they want to live, the price, the motivation, do they have an agent? Do they need a mortgage and do they want to set an appointment? Mm. If you follow that stuff, I mean, this has all been tested. Like I'm, I'm not the smartest guy. I argue I would be one of the better implementers out there. So I'm just going to take what's out there and what works and then just use it at scale. And that, that's all we're trying to do. How does your script work for your sphere? You know, you mentioned picking up the phone, keeping in touch with your sphere. How does that script work? So, you know, this is really interesting because I mean, so you guys are in Pennsylvania, like we couldn't do anything last year for 60 days. Like yep. I couldn't, we couldn't go show a house if we wanted to very <laughs> aggressively locked down. And yeah. so our team's sitting there and last year until this year was our best year ever. So how do we get there? And it was, Hey, let's call our sphere and say, Hey, how are you guys holding up right now? How's everything going? How's the work environment been for you? I mean, it's that typical like Ford script that you hear of, like family, yep. occupation, recreation, and dreams. And you just ask people how they're doing because guess what? They know I'm a real estate agent, right? If you're doing the right branding message, which that's why all that stuff works, they know I'm a real estate agent. So if they want to talk real estate, they can. But if you just have a connection with somebody and ask them how, especially like last year, I mean, I just think of that like people were sitting in their homes and you know, phone calls and video and Zoom was, was so important. Just having that conversation with them and asking how people are doing and having some empathy, it goes a long way. And, you know, so you, you, you call them with that, you call them on their birthdays because I don't know about you guys. Like I get a call from my mom on my birthday and that's about it. Like nobody else cares, but if the real estate agent calls, they're going to remember that stuff. So that is pretty good. I love things. that. I love uh, that. And, and like, I mean, it, it's simple things. And, and obviously there's like a mailing and an email plan and everything else, but just have a conversation with someone like you're a human. And that's something a lot of real estate agents, they don't want to do. They think, they have like commission breath all the time instead of actually just talking to somebody. Yeah. And they feel like every call they make to their sphere, they have to ask for a referral where you really don't actually have to do that every call. It's more important to just build the relationship. And I love the point that you made. It's like, if you've done your branding properly, right? So you have your drip properly, then they know you're in real estate, right? So if you actually truly seek to have a convo with them, right? And find out what's happening. You mentioned the Ford script. I love that one. I use that too is you, you know, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. If you talk about their occupation, guess what they're going to naturally want to do? 
ask you about, hey, what's going on yeah, with you? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which gives you such a natural uh, ability to transition a conversation to what you do. And then ultimately, if the opportunity presents itself, you can ask, ask for a referral or see if there's repeat business opportunity and that type of idea. How many drips do you guys do a year? Uh, do you have like a system for that yet where you've counted, hey, our core gets this many uh, drips per year. We find that to be successful. Yeah, so we we send out 17 pieces of direct mail a year to our sphere. Okay. Um, we'll we'll give them four calls typically, and then they get a weekly email. And it's uh, one of our YouTube shows we put out, uh, where it's basically it's all content driven. So it's just information about the market. So I got to film one after this. It's how's the market through the month of July because we just got the July statistics. People always ask that question. Um, last week we did a show about hey, here's what happens if there's an issue at your walkthrough. And it's all like content based. Did you know stuff? And then. We never ask for the order in the show. It just goes out every week. People, you know, and we'll get people that unsubscribe like any other mail list, but it's, hey, we're just trying to help. And at least you're getting some good information, even if you're not using us. And when you have that approach, good things happen. Love that. Can you talk a little bit about, um, because I talk to a lot of people who are starting to build teams now. Can you talk a little bit about how do you, you touched on the pain point of pulling yourself out of production, which is the pain point, right? Is like you were generating, now you got to focus on the systems, but how do you hold your team members accountable? How do you drive it? Especially because they kind of work for themselves, right? But they've joined your team. So there's this balance between accountability and inspiration and motivation. How do you do that with your team? So, so being super transparent is really important. Um, not just share what's going on with the company, but when, you know, we have, we have, we, we use a CRM, right. And we use Boomtown, use the CRM to its fullest capacity, whatever one you're using. Uh, I mean, so you can actually like get reports where they'll say, Hey, your response rate is X, meaning these are the leads you actually called back. Your property drip percentage is X, your smart drip percentage with text and emails is X. And we have standards that everyone's got to hit there along with sales standards. And then they've got to track their numbers. We use a, a platform called CSU so we can see how many appointments they've been on, how many offers they're writing, whatever. And so we have this matrix that we've not a matrix, but like here's the minimum standards, here's what we're looking for, and here's how we're going to keep leads turned on. And it's part of, you know, when, when they come on, it's made super clear. And then what we do every month is we show everyone's statistics, not just one person's. So you don't just get to look at your own, you show everybody so everyone knows exactly what's going on. And th that's the best accountability because if, you know, no one, and we're not, there's nothing good or bad. It's like an email that goes out. Here's the numbers. We'll show conversion stats all the time in our team meetings. So everyone can kind of self-identify what the issues are. And, you know, we're, we're big believers in uh, an environment of integrity. That's one of our core values. So saying, Hey, I'm going to do this. And then it doesn't happen. Then you sit down and go over it or our sales manager's there to help them. Or if someone's having trouble with something, there's no, there's no bad problems. It's, Hey, we're all trying to get better here. And when you're transparent about the, the, the standards, it makes it a lot easier. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people do. They always want to bend on the standards. You can't bend. That's the one piece of advice I have for a team lead is you can't bend because if you do that once, then they're going to look forward every time rather than here's the situation, here's what we're going to do. And here's how I'm going to help you get there. But I can't, I can't just bend on the standard. And, and that's a mistake I've made in the past. And it's something that we, we, we stuck to and it's really helped our, our team's performance. And, and they'll tell you that across the board. Dude, I, I just want to uh, give an applause on that. The reason why I, I just feel that so much is I went through the exact same thing, still feel like I'm, I'm trudging through it sometimes, but the exact same thing of like, man, because we have a decently sized sales team here. And all of a sudden, a couple years back, like we just weren't performing. It was just like constant complaints on people having to put in phone time, all this stuff. 
And we realize it's not, it's because we weren't transparent and clear on our minimum standards. Like, hey, this is the minimum requirements to be on the team. You have to perform at this level. But then with the real goal that you just said is do not bend on your standards. And I had to literally with my top producing team, we have something called the sales council. We're on a Zoom meeting one morning, all talking. And I literally told them, I said, guys, if I back down on what I truly believe in with these, this phone time and these metrics, wouldn't you actually believe in me less? You would literally be thinking to yourself, well, Luke just pulled this out of his ass. Basically, he never believed in the standards. But the fact that I'm actually going, no, 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 I believe in this. This is why I'm implementing it. It's like never back down because it just is a slippery slope and it cracks the whole foundation. I think that's so good uh, that you are giving to people that, man, if you don't set that, and if you don't have a team and you're listening to this, what are your minimum standards that you're going to commit to and hold yourself accountable to? Because that is truly the difference maker there. So can you share with us, like, obviously you have a team, it's about 23 agents. When they are coming on board, right, you're obviously going through some sales classes, stuff like that. What made you get a sales manager? Because I'm interested in that because not every team has a sales manager. What made you make that decision and why, have you seen that be super beneficial? Well, so I'm just going to give you the, the straight data. That, that's how I operate. So we, we brought uh, Josh on a little over a year ago. And originally, we were planning on doing it sooner. And then the pandemic happened. And I said, you know, we're just going to like, let's get through the next couple of months. We were in Pennsylvania. I don't need to say any more than that. So we were, I mean, <laughs> you guys know. So yep. uh, the plan was to do it sooner. And the reason I was doing it was because, and I was still in production. So when you're still in production, right, I'm going to meet people in their living rooms. I'm selling literally 90 homes a year for a decade straight. So when that happens, like you have that attention, then you've got the sales team. And I was doing the team members a disservice because I wasn't there for them. I, I was actually failing them as a leader by producing and doing that at the same time. And my coach and I, we made a plan to get out of production this year or five years ago. So this was the plan. And it's happened, which, which is really exciting. But when you want to grow your team, like there's a span of command issue, right? And, and, you know, we, and in order to recruit people, like someone needs to do that job, right? And then you have people running the, the sales team or helping with the, the, the you know, driving sales, sales in general, which is what are your KPIs? What are the appointments look like? How many offers? All, all those sort of numbers that we track. So me trying to do all that and sell 90 homes a year just wasn't working. And that's part of the reason why, you know, to your point, like, I mean, we, yeah, you know, we've made some mistakes and, and we, we bet on the standards and that ended up hurting the team. And now when you have a sales manager, whose only job is to do that. His only job is to get people into the performance categories, get people up to the minimum standards. And he gets measured on this stuff. That's how his comp is, is adjusted. It helped us become more of a company and less a real estate. Mm. Because there's a lot of real estate teams out there. I mean, it's like, oh, well, we'll give this person this lead. We'll do this. We'll do that. And there's no, there's no system. And unfortunately, that's a lot of them. Uh, I mean, you know, and, and I'm, when I say a lot, I mean, I've seen a lot of them where, where that's the case. Or yeah. people are wearing too many hats and they're trying to too, do too many different things rather than be a real company and have someone that's leading the company, have someone that's driving sales, have someone that's like your integrator or your operations manager, which we have. So in order to get, if I was really going to get out of production, the only way to do it is to build a real company because otherwise, you know, you're kind of trapped sometimes. If you want to keep bringing revenue in and you're still doing the, the you're still the best salesperson, you know, then you're pretty vulnerable. I mean, what happens if I go like break my leg and I can't go out for a couple, I mean, that's, that's not good for the company. So yep. In order to really get to this next level, we, we had to make the commitment to build a real company, not just have me kind of trying to do everything at once while selling all these homes, because you're only going to be able to 
you know, and you're kind of in that like danger zone as a team. I mean, I, I think the most dangerous place to be as a team is when you have like five to 12 people, because you can only do so much with those people. But when you get to 20 or 30 or 40, then all of a sudden there's a lot of things you can leverage and there's a lot more opportunities to come up. So you got to decide if you want to be like that Navy SEAL team where you're still in production or you actually want to run it like a company. And I made the decision for the latter, partly because I've been doing this 20 years, you know, partly because my dad's a real order and I got kids at home and I want to get out of that, but also because I want to transfer the skills and you can't transfer it while you're doing that volume of business. It's just not going to work. Mm. Is that when you started doing content? Like after you came out of production, is that what you started focusing on or were you doing that while producing? Uh, we started, I mean, we've been doing the, the first show we came out with, it was like a weekly consumer show. We've been doing that for five years now. I think we're at like, okay. episode like two forty or something like nice. stupid. And, uh, that was more, I just, we needed to have some, and the, if you watch like the first couple of shows, they're really bad. Like part, like, like the, the audio is all messed up. Like, we you know, know the so feeling. You see like a, yeah, everyone's done it. Right. <laughs> yep. So we got, a, we got a nice studio like you guys in, in our other room here. So the, the, you know, that was something we started doing, but then in order to scale it, like it just, you can't do it all. And you know, if you want to bring agents on and say, Hey, I'm going to help you have a great career and you're competing with them at the same time. I mean, are they really going to buy in? You know, I mean, are you, are they, are you really, are they really getting the best leads? And, and that was something we had made clear. Like this is the year we're planning on getting, like we, we lay out the vision very transparently to everybody because that way everyone knows where they're going. They can see their place where they want to be. Um, and now it's, you know, it being, being able to say, Hey, this, I, I sold these people a house and you've been working really hard and your numbers are great and you're showing up every day. You know, that's a way to reward people for doing stuff on top of the normal opportunities they get. And the client's going to be better off. I mean, I, you know, they're working with me and I got a million other things going on. That's not the right experience for the consumer. So, you know, you got to look at what's best for the people involved, not just say, I want to make the most money or I want to sell the houses. Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. What type of platforms are you leveraging to get your content out there? I know you mentioned your email newsletter. Um, we talked a little bit about Instagram. What else are you using uh, to, to get that out to? And you said the consumers and the agents, right? You're kind of educating both sets. So how are you reaching those audiences? What platforms are you using? So, so right now we have, uh, we have we have five videos that drop a week. Uh, Monday's like a motivational one. And that'll go on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and, and we put it on LinkedIn, uh, Tuesdays, our consumer facing show called Tom's take that goes on YouTube, email drop, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn as well. I might be missing some stuff here. I'm not the one who does it. So, um, Wednesday is our agent facing show. So it's a lot of like, Hey, here's how to, here's a great script. When the client has a bad phone number and you're trying to get them on, on, on the phone or it's great stuff, when, everyone. You should check it out. I watch it on Instagram a lot of times when you guys are putting the agent hack stuff up there. It's great stuff. Yeah, it's all stuff we're teaching here. Like that's the thing, and and um, so that that same distribution: Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, we have a private Facebook group we posted in as well for people that want to like mastermind and have questions. Um, and we started 
doing, we're, we're like four shows and we started doing, um, like local sandwich reviews around the local marketplace here, like helping out restaurants and stuff like that. So we'll like actually like score them, which, which is kind of cool. Um, and we just started that, um, a, a couple weeks ago and then we have our radio show, which is also doubles as like a podcast and we stream it on YouTube. And that started out as a show here in our video room. And then we, um, now we're, we're on a uh, 860 AM in Philadelphia. Um, so we said, you know what, let's just make it all one show. We bring guests on. It's, I think That's it's like awesome. 47 minutes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, we were, cause we were doing a podcast and it was kind of the same thing. So we said, let's make one really good show instead of two watered down ones. And, uh, that's been, that, that's been working out pr- pretty well. Also, we're like, we talked about yesterday when we, when we, when we, when we shot the show, um, the, the senators and, and the representatives at the house that want the FTC to investigate Zillow about, uh, about their showing time acquisition, big news in the real estate world. And yep. then like, is the Delta variant going to affect the market? Like these are questions people have. So we're just giving our opinion on them and, and, and what we know. How do, how do you deal with the haters? I saw some of your Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, I mean, your name, obviously, they love to play off your name, Tom Tool. But <laughs> how do you deal with the haters? We get our own haters. So <laughs> so you just said you listen to Seth Godin, right? So that's yeah. That podcast with Tom. And yep. uh, he said something that if people aren't like making fun of you behind your back, or talking about you, then you're probably not doing something right. Yep. So, uh, I mean, haters are going to hate, man. I mean, it, it's like, I, I actually embrace that because it tells me I'm making enough of a difference in the market that these people don't know me, right? They don't yep. know what I'm about. That's fine. Um, but I'm getting their attention. And, you know, I, there's a, I'm a big Peloton rider and I was on a ride and I actually did a video about this where it's like, this ride is dedicated to all my haters, <laughs> but you need them. And it ends up like, you know, motivate you a little bit. And, you know, I mean, I, you know, proving people wrong is fun to do. You guys probably feel the same way. You're like, you get these haters or whatever else. And it just, it, it happens. I mean, that stuff's going to be out there. So, you know, you're not, if, if people are, you're, you're not going to appeal to everybody like attracts, like you got your own tribe. And I feel the same way about our team. I mean, if they don't like what we're doing, they're not going to join, but if they do, it's going to be a great place for them to make, make money, have a great career and have a great life. Yeah. So well said, at least you're getting an emotional reaction. You know, it's like, yeah. you don't want to put, you don't want to put out content. You either want people to love you or hate you. You don't want lukewarmness. It's just this, you know, it doesn't do you any good to have a bunch of lukewarm people. I got to ask you before we go somewhere else is your view on follow-up because you put out in a h- hilarious clip on oh, yeah, Instagram yeah. of, and people got to go watch it. I'm not going to explain it. Go, go watch it. But what's your, what's your view <laughs> on follow-up um specifically like what do you tell your agents like how much should you follow up with somebody so, so here's what we know these, these are nar stats the average agent follows up 2.7 times so not even three and every sales book you read six plus attempts are where the conversion happens i yep. mean this is any any kind of sale so this isn't even real estate specific so the, the whole point is that you've got to follow up. I mean, and, and there's a lot of like information out there that if you hit a lead X amount of times, I think it's like 10 calls and six texts in 14 days, you're going to convert way better than like one call, one text, one email. And you know, the fact is people are really busy. I mean, like, just think about like how many times like you're, you make a, you make an inquiry about something, uh, whether it's like a car or something else. And like, or you have someone trying to meet with you and it's, it, and you're the client. Like, let me be very clear. Like not when we're the, we're the, you know, you're the client. You might miss them the first couple of times. It's not anything else than like life is busy right now. I might be picking up my kids. I might be in a meeting. So you got to kind of understand that. And you know, the, the, when people follow up, it shows that you want their business. And when you do that, I mean, and people can see they want their business and that goes a long way, especially for the people that are that are serious about transacting. So, I mean, that's all the money's in the follow up. I mean, how many times do you guys 
You have you have a sales team. How yep. many times do you convert on the first call? Oh man, our stats are nine to thirteen calls. It takes us nine yeah, so, to thirteen calls to get. And that's people. why that ten six number I was talking about. Same thing. I mean, we're talking about the same stuff, but yep. it's like never on the first call. It never happens. Yep. So that that's all you need to know, and that's where I just try to be super coachable. Yeah. Now I loved it. I loved that clip. Go check it out on Instagram. I thought it was great, and it's so true. I agree with it a hundred percent. And I'll give you a real life like me personally as a consumer. So I'm in the process of doing some refinance stuff. And so I have this um, uh, mortgage guy that I, I know that I'm working with, but I have some other companies. My name got on a list. So I have some other companies reaching out. Well, one person I picked up and I was on my way home and they gave me their little short little pitch, as you would call it. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe I can get a better rate than I was thinking. And maybe I'm not doing the best thing. Well, they've called me back. I didn't have time right there because I was just getting home and I hadn't seen my daughter. I was like, hey, man, I, I got to walk into the house, but I, I am interested. He's called me back like three times. And every time I see the phone number, I'm in the middle of something. I'm like, I do want to talk to this person. Yeah, but I need now, to yeah, put but aside I, some time. Yeah, but I need to put that, aside right. some time. Now, he, if he's the salesperson on the other end, might be thinking, uh, not interested. Deadly. But the consumer, me, is like, ah, just not a convenient time. But I, I do want to talk to that person. And it does put it back on my radar. So just let that be a lesson to you that you might be calling people that aren't answering, but they do want to talk to you. They just don't have time right now. So you got to, you got to stay consistent in it. <laughs> I have a, I have a, a woman that, uh, she like, I get like a, you know, a custom suit jacket and everything. Cause I'm, I'm short and weird shaped and I like the suit to fit the right way. So, um, but like she, she'll like, and I'm already her client by the way. And like, she'll light me up to get a meeting and I'm like, yo, it's not you. It's me. Just like I'm, I'm all in for it. And she follows up relentlessly. And that's why she does well. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, it's every, every single industry because we sell, I mean, we were majority real estate and we still are. That's the biggest client base for us. But we now are in 140 different industries and every industry, it's the same. It's like, you got to follow up. You can't close on the first call usually. And if you do, a lot of times it's lucky and it might not be the best client. <laughs> Sometimes you got to work yeah, that yeah. deal. So, uh, okay, I got to ask you, man. Uh, we ask everybody who comes on the show. You mentioned Peloton. I know, man, you're re religious, it seems like, on that Peloton and, and uh, because I see your posts all the time. But um, are there any routines that you implement in your life that you've looked back over doing this for so long that you go, man, Josh and I are big into self-development, so we love asking this question. It's like, these routines have really helped me. These self-development hacks that I've implemented in my life, have I really have seen pay dividends for me. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a component of it. So uh, a couple of years ago, um, me and a couple other guys I met through, uh, through like coaching and real estate, we, we jumped on like a 5am call, like an accountability, like you got to get up early, get your day started. You know, that's like a whole thing. You, you've probably heard this before. So we started this call and, and um, now it's got like 2000 people on there, which, which is pretty wild. We had Gary Vanderchuk on a couple of weeks ago, which oh, took us sick. like three years to get him. Another, another example of follow up, by the way. Um, so, um, but, uh, so we, we get, it's, uh, and if you want to check it out, it's 5am call.com, but we get on, it's like a weekly, it's like a daily motivational call six days a week. Uh, but then it's really about what happens after that. So you, you get up, you get on the call and then I'll do like a, like a Darren Hardy jam session so I can prep my day, like make sure all the stuff I need to know, like I have a game plan for when I walk into the office, any sort of things that need to get worked on, on the business. Like if we're redoing our onboarding manual or I'm working on some drips or you know, I, I, no one's bothering me. My kids aren't up. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a quiet time where I can get some stuff done. I do that until about six. And then typically around six, I'll work out for about half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, depending on what's going on. Uh, you know, and, and that's, I do all that at home because like, I used to go to a gym and it's like, that takes like 25 minutes extra. And then that was before the pandemic. Now it's like, good luck even going to a gym. So it, it just, it, you know, it's, it's more, it's about efficiency because 
like, and then after that, I'll, I'll like help get my kids ready for school, you know, see them off, drive to work. I'll make some calls in the car when I have like that dead drive time, but it's, it's a pretty disciplined morning routine. So when I get in here, I get done the stuff I need to get done. Um, especially when I was heavy in the production, I'd be on the phones every morning until from nine to 11. And mm. that was part of my routine because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get it done. Like once the afternoon, hey, people are calling you, you got appointments, you know, the, the afternoon lead gen just never happens. The morning's when you get stuff done. So uh, th- that was really a part of our routine. Now I'm doing some things differently because we're in a different spot in our business, but the same, same routine in the morning. And what that's really helped me with is one, get my health straight. I mean, you know, that that's been really, it, you know, you get older, you guys look like we're all around the same age here. I mean, things change. You got, you mentioned you have a daughter, Luke, like you got to be around a little longer. I got three kids. So that, that's the component. Also just being able to like use my like body's like, uh, um, the circadian rhythm where I'm a lot more productive in the mornings than I am. Like when I get to the office where I can work on projects, jam them out and get like trainings prepped, like all that stuff you don't have time to do when you're in the office. That's been really helpful. And then just, you know, I mean, it's just that, that, that daily discipline of just kind of doing the same thing and being ready to go. And it, it's, it's helped tremendously. I find I'm more productive. I got more energy because I'm better in better shape, even though you may not think so. And I'm also going to bed earlier, which like, like that helps a lot. You got to have a good nighttime routine to have a good morning routine. Like staying up late doesn't help a lot of people. I don't know any high producers that are off to like, or high achievers that are up to like one in the morning doing God knows what. I mean, that's just doesn't, it doesn't fly. So that's been pretty, pretty helpful for sure. If you study like sleep, like it's crazy. Like some of this stuff. Now I'm no expert in it at all, but just study the importance of sleep. And you're just like, holy crap, sleep is more important than working out. Like it is like insanely yeah. important for not only your recovery from a mental state, but let's your recovery. Nap. Yeah. Let's, well, let's all go <laughs> nap right now instead of listen to this podcast. <laughs> Tom, last last question for you. I'd love to know, knowing what you know now uh, in your in your career and in real estate and in life, what would you go back and tell younger Tom? What would you go back and tell maybe that nineteen year old kid who just before he got his license? One, don't be a jackass. But besides that, um, <laughs> but, you know, I I, I think you know I, I love. I mean, you know, listening to this pod. If you're listening to this podcast, there, there there's so much content out there that you can learn. And self education to me is like you know, it's great to go to college and stuff, but self-education is where it's at. I mean, you can get so dialed into things that you're interested in, whether it's running a business or whether it's selling real estate or having a marketing company like you guys do. I mean, all those things. And if you go seek out experts in the field and just kind of listen to what they're doing, you know, read a book, you know, listen to a podcast, listen to an interview. You can, you, if you can pull one thing, just like one little piece from 45 minutes or a couple hours reading a book, that's the kind of stuff that can really like change the way you, you run your business. I mean, that happened to me from, uh, I was at a, like a retreat like three years ago. And we, I remember talking to the president and the CEO of the company and they said something about transitioning into a new role and here's what they did. And I used it right here and it worked out beautifully. And it was like, like you don't even, you don't even know when it's going to come in handy, but like that stuff sticks. So, so just trying to digest as much content as you can and look for the downtimes to do it. Like drive time, like instead of listening to Howard Stern, maybe put on a podcast. And I'm all like, I'm all for the fun stuff. Don't I'm not, I don't live this life of like a Spartan soldier where I'm not doing anything. <laughs> You're not like, David I mean, Goggins. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not David Goggins. <laughs> that's for sure. And I'm, I'm not, but when you're on, be on, right? Like yeah. that's where your schedule really helps. But if you got like, you're driving to an appointment and you're a realtor, put on a podcast or you're like, get, so get good. that time back because you know, you can either choose time or choose money. And if you choose time, money's going to come to you. If you choose money, that's all you're going to get. So mm try to figure out how to use your time better and, and really get into that self-education because that's going to help you tremendously. Love that advice. Yeah. 
even brushing your teeth in the morning. Like, what do you what do you doing while you're brushing teeth? Yeah. Listen to a podcast. Yeah. Kind of fill your morning with that type of routine. All right, Tom, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, before we do close out, let people know how they can connect with you, follow you on social media, all that good stuff. Sure. So, so the best places to connect with me are on Instagram. It's at TomTool3RD. So TomTool3rd. Um, or uh, check us out on YouTube. All our content goes there as well. Those places are great. Give me a follow. You want to connect, shoot me a DM. I'm, I'm, I respond to everybody. I make sure to do that because I think that's what social media is all about. And uh, or you can just Google me if you want to do that. But those are the two best places to, uh, to, to, to follow for sure. Love it. We're going to include links to those uh, in the show notes of this episode. Thanks again, Tom, for coming on. Thank you all so much for listening. You can get those links and some behind the scenes show notes over at staypaidpodcast.com. You can also get the video for all of our episodes there. If you enjoyed this podcast, want to show your support, there's two ways we ask. One is to head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, along with a comment to let us know what you thought of this episode. And the best way to help out the show and so show support is to share this with a friend, share it on your social media. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us a podcast at ReminderMedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram and social media as well. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. I would highly, highly encourage you, action item, go follow Tom on Instagram. It is great stuff. Um, I'm following him and I get a ton of content and a ton of ideas that I even use with our team here to help coach them. So go follow that. That's an action item for you. But one of the action items that I think is absolutely critical for you and your business is you need to define what your minimum requirements are. And so few people are intentional about that. And you listen to Tom. I mean, you're listening to a real practitioner, a real producer for many, many, many years. It's not just a blip on the radar. It's consistent production. And as he's transitioned to build a larger team, it's all about what are those minimum requirements that and standards really that you're going to hold yourself accountable to? And have you done that? And if you haven't done that, you got to start there. That's what you got to put on paper and you got to commit to. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 